Bokar Tov, we are continuing Sefer Yoshua. We are nearing the end of the book, and everybody is very excited to to complete our first book. We have to do like a siyum or something. We're getting next week Bezar Hashem. We should be able to finish, so we may do a siyum. Sponsor breakfast. We were left on our yeah, maybe maybe Jason will sponsor breakfast for Jablon Minya. Never come to uh, so, okay, we ended off last yesterday with um, Yoshua getting his peace in Timnat Serach, which was in the mountain of Ephraim, uh, which makes sense um, uh, because he's from the tribe of Ephraim, obviously. And we discussed quickly that the tribe of Dan went and got themselves a place, they conquered a place called. Leshem Okay So they conquered this place called Leshem we were, con- we we're trying to figure out where it was Now this, We didn't discuss it in detail But we'll discuss it more in detail here The idea of Leshem The idea of Leshem Is brought actually in the end of the book of Shofetim It's part of the story of, of Pesel Micha Which is uh, a story in which It shows Bnei Israel How they devolved into Abu Dazara And how Basically, the worship of God was not centralized at all. That's a story we're going to deal with at the end of Sefer Shofetim. But the story features the tribe of Dan when they're on their way to conquer this place called Leshem. Actually, in the end of Sefer Shofetim, it's called Laish, but it's the same place. Uh, what, what's, what's important to know about it is that this was very, very, very north in Israel. It was actually the northernmost area of Israel. So if you want to know where Dan had, had territories, they had territory along the Mediterranean... And they had territory in the northeast of Israel, above the Galil, above the Galilee. They had like okay. across other tribes. They had their own little. Yeah, it was a pocket of Dan area of the city called Laish and its surrounding areas Did that was conquered by the. No, 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 no. It was it was it was raw land north of all of the tribes, where where there was a Canaanite or a group of people called the people of Laish, and they went and they conquered it there. This this is why this is why there is a common refrain. Common saying, Midan va'ad be'er sheva. Whenever in the Chachamim or in the Chazal, sometimes they want to describe, or even in Tanakh, they want to describe the whole of Eretz Israel. They say from Dan until be'er sheva. Be'er sheva is in the south, and, and Dan, Dan in theory north. should be on the Mediterranean, very close to be'er. Sheva. It's not relatively close to be'er sheva, but when they say Midan va'ad be'er sheva, from Dan to be'er sheva, it's referring to the other Dan, what the about, Dan of Laish in the north. I know, I know, but I'm not. But after South of Beersheba is all desert, so it's not like inhabitable. Uh, I have a very weird question. Okay, but that, that was all just the. Yeah, go ahead. Half of these tribes had problems getting rid of their Canaanites. Why is Don going through all these territories, being like, ah, oh, you guys do your own thing? We'll just go take. It's that a good question. It's a good one. If, if you have the ability to go and conquer random territory somewhere else, why aren't you doing it? Why don't you go help the other tribes, maybe? Yeah. Why, why is there. So it could be that that was actually a problem Because in Sefer Shofetim Which is when we learn about the details of the story Of them conquering Laish or Leshem The whole point of the story Is to show how, how um, Divided the Jews are And how they don't have any centralized leadership So every tribe is doing their own thing There was no king in Israel at the time So it could be that that was actually a problem So it's a good point you make Another thing I wanted to point out is we kind of laugh about how difficult and how, like, uh, how dry it is to study the cartography of Israel and the map of Israel. But we shouldn't become too, like, uh, it's not something to joke about because 
we are we should actually take a lot of pride in it, and we it, it's it's due to our due to our our lowliness that we can't appreciate it. But if we were actually if we actually cared, we would actually appreciate it. And and to be honest, the fact that we don't appreciate we can't appreciate the cartography is so, is so our own fault, because a hundred years ago. Nobody could appreciate their cartography because they didn't have access to the land the way we do now. But now, with all of the archaeology and all of the access we have across Eretz Israel and all the cities that have been named after cities that were, that were conquered in the time of Yoshua, if we cared about our heritage, if we cared about Am Israel, we would actually know these things. So it's our own fault that these things are boring to us. Okay, so it's not something we should laugh about. And say, oh, this is a boring part of Tanakh. It's something. It's something we should look at and say, "Wow, how low are we that we have so much access to Israel and we've never even spent the time to go and study where these places are? What are we doing? What are we? Do? What have we been doing for the past seventy years that, that Israel's been around? Okay, so uh, I, I think our approach of being a little bit uh, joking a little was not appropriate. Now, Perakaf, and that was my fault, not not yours. Perakaf pasuk alef. I daber Adonai leYoshua lemor. God speaks to Yoshua saying. Give yourselves the cities of sanctuary, sanctuary cities. That I spoke to you about to Moshe. So if you look in um, in Parshat, I think it's Mas'e. Uh, uh, Hashem commands Moshe that when you conquer the land, you will set up Aremiklat, cities of refuge. Okay. So now that Yoshua has conquered the land, guess what? He's setting up the cities of refuge. Now, if you remember, Moshe already in that parasha, I think it was in Parsha Mase, had already set up three of the Aremiklat on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Okay. Now, well, he didn't really set them up. He just named them, or he designated them, and he named them. Now, all of that is going to be designated, and all of that's going to, all of those are going to be established. Okay. So both the three. Yeah. What's the definition of sanctuary city? Right now, sanctuary cities have very, very... No, no, no. I don't mean sanctuary city in the modern political sense. Sanctuary city is as follows. A person... Oh, yeah, to be honest, it's going to describe it. Okay. So we can just read the text, and if you have any questions, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> so that a person can run there, a person who has killed by accident, or through negligence, without knowledge, and then this will be a place for those who have killed to have sanctuary from those who are pursuing, uh, who are trying to redeem the blood. What does it mean? What is a redeemer of the blood? The person who's trying to kill, the person who killed a family member, right? In those societies, Allowed. if a person kills a family member, it's not, it's not recommended by there. It's not like, just, if a person killed a family member, especially in, in, in the ancient Near East societies, they had a, they had a, they had a system of retribution, right? If, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you, you'd start, you'd start, a system of revenge It was pretty much acceptable And so Oh he killed He killed of your blood So let's go kill him You know So So Jewish society Protected against that By establishing places Where people could run So that When the family members In their anger Came after the person There's a place they could go And The brilliance of it Was that they would go there And then the Chachamim Would ask the guy His story Why How it happened What What, what happened And then he would wait there Until his court case so this would allow him to actually get a fair trial. Okay? So, Pasuk Dalit. He will run to one of these cities. And he will, he will stand at the entrance of the city. And he will speak into the ears of the elders of that city at Tebarav. 
they'll gather him into the city to them, and he will dwell, dwell there. They will give him a place, and he will dwell there. Okay? By the way, why are we talking about sanctuary cities right after conquering the land? A lot of probably skirmishes within families. Like, no, this is my piece Maybe. Of I, it's, that's speculative. I, I think more it's to show how, how much we value human life. The first thing that we're concerned with upon taking the land is to make sure that human blood is not spilled unnecessarily. You know? So it's one of our values. So it's something that's on, on our mind. We, we want to make sure our, our, our society is a clean society that does not have bloodshed. And when the person redeeming the blood, the family member, would run after him, they would not, they would not put the killer in his hand. Because by mistake he killed his friend. And he did not hate him from the previous day. And he would dwell, he would dwell in that city until he went to the people for judgment. Until or until the... And then once he went to the people for judgment and they found that he deserved to stay in the city, he would wait there until the death of the Kohen Gadol. Then once the Kohen Gadol died, he would return to his city and his house. To the city where, from which he ran away. So what, goes, what's, what happens? The person goes and he runs away. Um, here. The, the, person, the person runs away. He goes to the city. They question him and they say, okay, this guy, is, this guy has a case. He waits there until his court case. If they designate that he deserves to stay in the city... Then he stays in the city until the Kohen Gadol dies. Ah, so now what is the relevance of the Kohen Gadol to the person who kills by accident? So here the, the, the Midrash in, in Sifri of Mas'eh gives two opinions. Rabbi Meir Omer Gadol The person who killed shortened the life of people. And what does a Kohen Gadol do? He gets atonement for people and he lengthens people's lives. Therefore, the person who shortened life has to wait for the person who lengthens life. Oh. That's one exp- explanation in, in thing in the Sifri. The other, Rabbi Omer, person who kills is making the land impure and he's getting the Shekhinah to leave. But the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Gadol, he purifies and he causes the Shekhinah to rest in, in the people. So it's not right for the person to leave before the Kohen Gadol uh, leaves, okay? Or leaves this world. So there is a relationship there. Um, so what were the three cities? What are the, they separated sanctuary cities? Shechem, Hebron, and Kedesh. Two of them we know, Shechem and Hebron we know, which is interesting because nobody ever realizes that Hebron and Shechem are both sanctuary cities. Okay? These names we know already, Ramot Bagilad, from God, Golan from Menashe, and Betzer from Reuven. Okay? Those are cities we've seen in Masel, last Pasuk. These were the cities that were designated. To run there. Anybody who, who killed by accident. And he would not stand. He would not die at the hands of the Goel Adam. Uh, um, 
before he gets a trial. So the whole concept is that Bnei Israel set up these cities that people could run away to, and uh, they would run away to them so that they can get a trial. They wouldn't be killed before their trial. If they got their trial, they went to these cities. What were the cities? Kedesh, uh, Shechem, Hebron in Israel, and then uh, Betzer, Golan, and uh, one more in uh, thing in outside Eretz Israel on the eastern half of the Jordan River. And uh, once they were in their city, they would stay there until the death of the Kohen Gadol, which we explained was two reasons for. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.